Welcome to Combo's Cord Podcast. Combo Cord. Combo Cord. Combo Cord. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 302. You heard that right, episode 302 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Today's show, Robin Lundberg of Sports Illustrated and CBS Sports Radio joins in to talk Brooklyn Nets basketball and more. A fantastic conversation with Robin. You can find Robin on Twitter at Robin Lundberg. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Robin Lundberg of CBS Sports Radio. He's the senior host at Sports Illustrated. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Robin, you spent a lot of time at ESPN. How did the network change? How did ESPN change from your first day there to your last? Who? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I would say, well, one, the entire industry has changed, right? Right. So, you know, you have to think of what ESPN was when I first got there. I got there at the beginning of Around the Horn and PTI. Um, when those shows were first launched, I was an intern on Around the Horn. So that was before my radio experience. I was, in, you know, um, and you, you think about the delivery method at that point. It was just linear television, right? So like there was no, you know, how is this going to play on social media and, and, and all that. And ESPN is a business was making their money on cable subscribers. So in a cable bundle package, ESPN is charging the highest rate per cable subscriber. So they're making tons of money and it just kept expanding. It was ESPN2 and ESPNU and like they couldn't stop expanding. But eventually the model changed where people were cutting the cord and the cable revenue wasn't like that anymore. So they had to adapt and, and change as well. And they're still in the process I think of, of figuring that out, going more digital, uh, ESPN plus, you know, podcasts, everything that comes along with that. Uh, the other change I would say is towards the end of my tenure at ESPN, they were still very big on the, there was even a rule. And, and I, I think this is still in place to an, it, to a degree, but it was like, keep sports and politics separate. And mm. since I left, I've noticed whether it's called politics or not, so much more of the social issues or whatever are being discussed openly and plainly as part of the, the conversation topics rather than, you know, handle with care. Yeah. So interesting. When I think of ESPN, I just think of when I was a kid, it kind of, cause I was always a basketball guy. It just let me learn about other sports. You know, it's interesting to hear a perspective from somebody that's been there and how much the industry has changed, how much ESPN has changed over the years. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, every industry, everybody's trying to figure it out at the same time. So yeah. it's not, you know, ESPN is just such a big 
entity. But do you also see like, I mean, look at the way it's worked now. Like you used to leave ESPN and that was it. Um, that ain't the case for a lot of people and, and a lot of people bigger than me, right? Like uh, Colin Cowherd or Dan Lebetard or yeah. whomever you can, you can Dan Patrick, you can list off Rich Eisen, uh, a bunch of people and, and see that, you know, they've left ESPN and they're still relevant in space. Most definitely. Right, let's shift to the Brooklyn Nets. Such a great offseason, in my opinion. Paul Millsap, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills. And they got depth and uh, such a crazy trio when it comes to James Harden, Kyrie, and um, Kevin Durant. How would you grade their offseason? Oh, you got to give it an A. M- number one, forgetting any of those moves, the Durant extension, right? Which yeah. it, it means the other ones are coming, I'm sure. But regardless, that is the final thing that that cements them, right? Like, all right, it wasn't like... Uh, Durant was experimenting or flirting. Kevin Durant is the Brooklyn net and, and he will be, I think, remembered to be honest with you as a Brooklyn net when it's all said and done, he's got work to do for that to happen. Mm. But because he started in Oklahoma city and, and when, when the MVP there, but he goes to the warriors and he wins titles, obviously their finals MVPs, but no one, even now people don't love that move. And there's still talk about that move. I think his identity will be tied into Brooklyn uh, when it's all said and done. But the other moves you mentioned, I mean, I love Patty Mills. I've always loved Patty Mills. But back when he was, you know, first catching my eye with Australia, giving Team USA the business. And then um, Aldridge coming out of retirement is big because it gives them a, another big body, which they were sort of lacking. And, uh, you know, Millsap is, you know, they're crowded in the front court with now with Aldridge. Griff, Griffin's going to be the starting center, I think. Griffin, Aldridge, Millsap, and... Mm. Uh, Claxton so yeah. they'll be they'll be fighting for for playing time and and Durant's a natural four at this point in his career so um you know but overall I mean it's one of if not the most talented roster in NBA history yeah the way the modern game is played I think Blake does make sense at the five he earned it too you know it's yes. not just like he he earned he played he gave them um in that Milwaukee series I know they lost that series but context is everything right why did they lose that series because Harden was out and then on one leg and 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 Kyrie was out for for the back half of that um he was hustling for loose balls in an irritant you know being up all that sort of stuff and and it gives them that kind of edge that a a team with that talent can use so I think he earned that spot and yes strategically it makes sense you know in the modern NBA uh for him to be at that spot he's not really uh, you know, he's not doing anything as a four anymore, I don't think. I think consensus would say that the Nets are the title favorites. And the easy thing to say when you're thinking about the concerns for them is injuries. But let's push that aside outside of injuries. What do you think is the biggest concern for the Nets? Well, I mean, like, yes, injuries are the biggest concern. But injuries are always, I mean, then they have some guys who have been more injury prone than others. I guess Kyrie specifically. But injuries are a part of every season and, and, right. a, and a concern for every team, right? Uh, I, I think, you know, they, it remains, uh, you know, probably rebounding, uh, you know, defense in certain situations. But yeah. to be honest, I, I I don't think they have too many, uh, you, <laughs> know, um, uh, uh, you know, something unforeseen going on with Kyrie or, 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 or whatnot. But I think even with two of those three, they can win it all. You know, yeah. like, that there's a little bit of a luxury there, especially with Patty Mills being a bit of insurance for one of the guards. Um, you know, so yeah. I think as far as just being out, um, physical is still probably their biggest 
uh weakness but it's it's you're you know you're searching through a lot to you know it's like i have to identify a weakness so here's one yeah it's it's interesting i mean their top end talent is obviously incredible but the great thing was when they actually got to play together was their chemistry together yeah i mean look and, and that's another thing about the modern game there's so many more possessions nowadays yeah and the floor is so so much more spread that that only one ball thing isn't actually that much of a concern. Like, yeah. And then you, you saw some of the, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie's their leading scorer. Uh, 100%. You know, Kevin Durant is willing to play within the flow and he, he is, is deadly in that regard. James Harden has sort of shifted into distributor facilitator mode. Um, and, and, you know, they need more reps together, of course. And, and anytime I think, you know, when there's two of them, they might look more explosive individually, but when there's three of them, there's just nowhere to send a, a double team. There's nothing you could do. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, I always thought those kind of concerns were a little bit overblown just because of the way the game is played. And because I, I, I think the number one commodity in today's NBA is shot creation, guys who can create shots for themselves. And yeah. all three of them uh, obviously can do that. And, and in fact, they're probably three of the top five guys in the league at that yeah yeah i would say shot creation and on defense wing defenders for sure sure, sure uh, yeah for sure um all right so i mean you you mentioned Kyrie could very well be the leading scorer mike james i think just had an interesting tweet and it's been something i've been saying for a while Kyrie is the most skillful player in the nba not the best but the most skillful player in the nba would you agree with that i just think he is because the amount of options he has as an offensive player some would point to Steph, and yes, Steph is the better shooter, but nobody has the amount of options as an offensive player like Kyrie has. He's the most skilled player, I'd say, in NBA history, um, not just right now. I mean, yeah. when you when you yeah. factor in um, handling, which he's number one at, uh, finishing around the rim for a guard, which yeah. he's basically as good as anyone. Oh, he's, uh, be- he's the best ever underneath the rim, yeah. definitely. Shooting – Shooting, you know, like, yeah, okay, maybe Steph is better, but... But he's 50, 40, 90. Yeah, he's he's in that mix. And then he's got, like, he's got the bag of tricks, too. So it's, you know, fadeaways or stop stop short pull-ups. You know, uh, pure strength he's going to be lacking in. Height he's going to be lacking in. um, And other things that could keep him from being the best player. Not to mention, you know, there are legitimate questions about Kyrie as a leader or you know, Kyrie as the, the number one guy or any, some stuff like that, reliability at times, but just, you know, pure brilliance with the basketball. He's, he's a genius. Um, and he's, uh, when he's got it going, he's probably the most fun player to watch. I think. Most definitely Robin, when somebody tells you Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever live, what would you say? That's a reasonable opinion. Um, but I, I think it's LeBron, uh, you know, but like, you know, it, it's become a never ending argument, of course. Right. Like, and people get so passionate about it and that's cool. That's like the bedrock of sports talk. Right. But I mean, it's not like, Oh my God, how can you think Michael Jordan's the best player ever? There's right. Been, right. You know, I, I can construct a good argument right. for Michael Jordan. I just think it happens to be LeBron because of the individual impact we've seen him have on teams, you know, his presence versus his lack of presence, what, what that can mean, championship contender to the lottery, uh, what he's been able to accomplish across the board 
you know, going for Kareem's record next, uh, you know, what he can do as far as score, like, you know, at, at close to a Michael Jordan rate, but while also being Magic Johnson at the same time, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. the, the biggest argument against LeBron is 2011. That's the most reasonable argument. Jordan doesn't have a moment like that. Uh, LeBron came up small, but it's the only time he came up small. He got better as a result of that, I think, refining his game. Um, yeah. And and when you look at it, what, what year is he in now? Because, I mean, I, I, I going into year 19? 18, I think so. Thinks it's 18, 19. Something like that. Uh, he's going to be 37 at some point this year. And the fact that he's even still in the cut, like there's still like this, like, Oh, you better win a championship LeBron or, or, you know, like, is he still the best player in, in the world? I finally like gave that title to Duran after I think LeBron held it for the longest time, but there's, I can't say he won't reclaim it, which is wild, you know, <laughs> after yeah. as many years as he's played. So I think in the, um, because the argument goes on so long, we're now at the point where LeBron and Jordan are one a and one B just from the zeitgeist. But uh, for me, it's LeBron. But if somebody says it's Jordan, I'm not like, what an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It's interesting. I mean, so I think it's a wait and see thing to say who's the best player in the NBA right now. We have to see how LeBron comes back. But, you know, KD coming off his playoff performance and what he did in the Olympics, I'm not mad at anybody saying that KD is the best player in the league. Yeah, that's what won me. I mean, in fact, I was more impressed by Durant this summer than any other point in his career. That series uh, against the Bucks, game five is one of the, on the short list of best games I've ever seen a human being play. Um, the Olympics, you know, they wouldn't have won without without him yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, just, and just where he's at age-wise in his career, you know, he's... You know, he didn't have that many years of his actual prime left either, but he smack dab right in the middle of it coming off of that Achilles injury. And then physically just, the, you know, he's he's special because he's he's at a height, you know, like I, people always do these era conversations. And it's, you know, the idea that LeBron couldn't play in an earlier era is just stupid. I mean, the guy is so big and physically strong he could. But, you know, I just always Durant's always the one I would bring up because it's like you feel like he would be accused of witchcraft or something <laughs> if you dropped him in the 80s or, or the early 90s right like just like you're too tall to be doing the stuff that he's doing out on the basketball court and and as far as just like effortlessly getting buckets what do you do yeah he's like a cheat code because the thing is if you play absolutely perfect defense he just shoots right over and gets to any spot he wants yeah and and he's He's a pretty, you know, he's not LeBron as an all-around player, but he's he's a good defensive player, um, you know, and, and he uses his length well there. He's not a distributor or a natural playmaker, which I think is the probably the biggest argument against him. Um, but we've seen plenty of guys, you know, that wasn't Jordan, that wasn't Kobe, right? You know, there have been many yeah, guys. That exactly. isn't why. Uh, that isn't dirt. You know, there, there are a lot of guys who have had success without that being their, their natural skill set as well. And that's, you know, that's what James Harden's really good at. Correct. He can't set the table like a James Harden, like a LeBron, like a Luca, but that doesn't mean he's not the better player, you know, mm-hmm. and he, and he's a good passer. Like he's, he's an, yeah, it's not bad. It's not like he's yeah. terrible. At yeah. it. He's just, <laughs> that's just not his, you know, number one skill. Most definitely. All right. Ben Simmons, is there a realistic situation to get this trade off with the Sixers and anybody else in the league that makes sense for both sides? 
Yeah, I mean, they're past the point of no return there. They just, you know, we have to get over the idea that Ben Simmons is worth the return of some of these reports that we're seeing. And then, you know, the, the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I was a believer in Ben Simmons' talent, but he has not progressed enough. Like, it, it, you know, his lack yeah. of – off it's not even shooting. His lack of offensive game is kind of embarrassing at times. Like, you know, he doesn't have a pet move. It's not even like he doesn't – he won't pull up and take a jump shot. He doesn't have a, a baby hook or, or a – you know, a one-legged fadeaway or, or one of those moves. He doesn't even finish around the rim as well as you would want. Nonetheless, he can still really uh, get out and go in transition. He can still distribute the basketball. And defensively, he's a really versatile piece. So I, I feel like he, he's destined to be a good but not great player. And he needs to be cast that way on his new team. And he also needs to be traded in a way where you're not, you know, it's not a James Harden trade or a whomever trade. But look at what Drew Holiday got in return as well, who's a really good player and, and probably a better player than Ben Simmons. But, you know, it, not, you know, he still has value in the right situation is, is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. And I think he also needs to be reshaped a little bit. To me, he's almost like a, a center, uh, you know, in, in today's NBA. Don't you feel like if you put up, because I'm a defender of Ben Simmons and I'm a lot higher on Ben Simmons than most. Don't you feel like if you put him in the right situation with four plus shooters around him and be not, you know, occupying the same space as him, that he could still be a great player in this league? Uh, very good. You know, like you can mitigate some of the weaknesses, but they still exist. Right. You know, so, yes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's why I think it's it's somewhere between the extremes of. I think we're, the door is closed on him becoming one of the best players in the NBA. And I think the, you know, the, the idea that he's a bum or something is still, you know, not true. That's, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. He's one of the best uh, defenders in the league. He's an all NBA player. He's an all-star to say this guy's a bum is insane. And, and he and Embiid uh, were never a natural fit. So yes, I think yeah. you can get, you can get more out of him, but I would also lower the ceiling. Yeah. Landing spot for John Wall. I think this is interesting. And I think it's the right move of, you know, the rookies and the younger players are going to get more reps, but I think also he would have been a great mentor for him. So it's, it'll see how that plays out. Do you think this is the right move for the Rockets? And do you see a, a great landing spot for John Wall? No, Europe, uh, you know, Oh, come yeah. on. I mean, don't do that. Robin. Come <laughs> I, on. No, no, I, 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 I just, I don't think he has too much, you know, value left in the in the league i mean that the, they played together last year and they're sort of in similar boats as wall and cousins uh wall probably has a little bit more left than, than boogie who i don't think is an nba player anymore but um you know the uh, where is the what is he you know he if he can't do what he did best some of the you know those weaknesses start to, to show up the lack of shooting there as well and and maybe off the bench um for for some team um, you know, where they have a good uh, infrastructure in place. Sure. You know, maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I'm not, I, I was never that high on John Wall as at his best. And, and I'm certainly not um, particularly high on, on John Wall currently. Yeah. Maybe um, a Derek Rose type role. Um, I think the guy is, and obviously his athleticism declined a little bit. Like when John Wall was at his peak, he was, he had elite IQ and elite athleticism, but I've always been high on John Wall. Come on, Europe, Europe, Robin. Come on, we can't. Do well, that there's right a now. difference between Derrick Rose and John Wall. Derrick Rose has, you know, the, the floater game. Those, you know, he's changed and adapted his game a little bit so that he can fit that, you know, 
role a, a, a little bit better and not like, okay, it's not, you know, Derek Rose taking the ball, taking it all the way down the court and yamming it on your face. J- John Wall's game was, was kind of predicated on baseline to baseline and that speed. And then when he would get into the paint, he was very good at like kicking it out to the corner for, for open threes. That was his game. Right. And, and if he can't do that, he's going to have to um, elevate other aspects of his game to, to, to take a, you know, the, the best players who've had these injury situations, they, they age gracefully because of adapting. Grant Hill was able to have a, a better later stage in his career. He adapted. Vince Carter was able to adapt to be a role player. Derek Rose, as I just mentioned, is adapted with some of the stuff he did. And that's where John Wall has to, what he has to do because he's, he's past the point, I think, of what he once did, still being able to do that at the same level. Most definitely. Before we get you out of here, let's shift to music real quick. I see 444 in the background. Uh, you know, we discussed MJ and LeBron. I want to discuss Drake and Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z obviously has the better albums than Drake, but at this point, Drake might have more hits. Where do you land on that conversation? Look, uh, you got to give Drake credit for his run, his success. His hit. I don't know how you measure hits, though, um, you know, because the streaming era is different. You know, the blueprint dropped on the September 11th, the September 11th in the middle of Napster. And shouts to Fab. I think Fab dropped that day, too, if I'm not mistaken. But the the point I'm trying to make is I was in college and I had the blueprint before it came out because of Napster. Mm -hmm. And this was in the height of music piracy. There's nothing like the way that it was being shared and burned on CDs at that time. And it dropped on September 11th. And in order to get it, you had to physically go to a store and purchase it for the price of almost double what a streaming subscription costs today. And it sold 500,000 copies or whatever it was. Yeah. So, you know, is what's more impressive that or, you know, Drake's uh, songs all charting when all you have to do is click a button to listen to all of, of Drake's music. That's not to take away from what he, but it's not an apples to apples comparison. And then what's a hit? Like, you don't know off the blueprint. I'll keep the blueprint thing going. That is not a chart topping single, but does Drake have a record? Like if they were doing a versus, does Drake have a record? If Hove dropped, you don't know that he could come back from on the other side. You know, what is Drake? Zero to 100 maybe is the response track to that. So, you know, and, and then to, you know, I think Jay's obviously a better, the best MC. Uh, of all time, the best rapper. It's a generational thing. Uh, you know, you're going to have my thing with Drake has been like since views. I, I feel like he just keeps re- releasing the same album. It's just not for me necessarily sonically. It's kind of the same content wise. I, I, I don't care about his love life very much um, <laughs> or whatever, you know, the girl he's bitter about whatever. Uh, but <laughs> you can't take, you can't take away his success. He's obviously one of the greatest all times, uh, uh, objectively on, on what he's been able to accomplish. But I also don't know exactly how you define a hit. Cause I would think, you know, I, I don't know if he's got songs that hit harder than the one Jay has and, and, and Jay's measure of success, you know, was different. Cause it was a different, you know, it was radio was bigger. Physical stuff was bigger it's not, you know, uh, um, an even comparison, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, plenty of people who are 10, 15 years younger than me. who are going to say Drake and, and that's okay. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, a stream is a lot different than a streaming an album is a lot different than actually going out to the store yeah. uh, and getting an album. 
I mean, I, records, they used to cost like, so when people complain about streaming, I remember there was a time when like a CD was like 18 bucks, right? Like, and a streaming service is nine, 10 bucks for the price of lunch, you get all music ever. And it's just so much, so much yeah, easier, you know, like, true. okay. So if, if the blueprint had come out in the streaming era with, at that level of, right, like with, with the blackout map on, on 99 problems, dirt off your shoulder, encore yeah. you know i'm probably yeah. miss uh lucifer like, i mean i mean volume monster joint i, I think when you PSA. think hey <laughs> yeah i think when you think of hits uh volume two, two that has sure. hits so if that if those albums were released during the streaming era you know and remember like in not only is jay-z in like the rolling stones beatles phase of his career which we haven't seen right. from a rapper before right uh he also you know has released his music his way on on title at times i think it just became available to other places more recently and and through various deals even did the samsung deal with magna carta which i think is at the very lower end of his discography but was a, a, a different uh release model um at his peak if it, if it was the same in streaming I, I don't know if it would look much different than what drake's numbers look like right now most definitely robin great stuff you're always welcome back on the show uh where can we find you on social media and everywhere else yeah at robin lundberg on twitter um the robin lundberg on instagram i'm on facebook too uh and all all these platforms you just search my name you'll, i'm sure you'll find me uh I full-time sports illustrated uh si now their their twitter handle their instagram uh all that stuff um is is where you'll see the bulk their youtube channel uh, where, where you see the bulk of, of, of my work at the moment. Thanks so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. All right, man. There it is. Another episode of Combos Court. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Big thanks to Robin for joining in. And big thanks to everyone who tunes into Combos Court across the globe. Be on the lookout for episode 303. Combo out.